Hello, good morning. My name is Tracy Cook and this is the podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome challenges in all forms that dare greatly to share their real stories, amazing humans that have seen hope, have risen above those adversities to become victorious, that go on to support and inspire others to do the same. Today, I'm very proud um, to give a voice to Jodie DeGraff, my friend here in Perth. Welcome, Jodie. Thank you so much for being one of the voices on our series. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi, and good morning. And thank you. Thank you so much. You've been a wonderful friend to me and helped me to get to where I am today. And oh, you're an inspiration. I love you, Trace. Oh, thank you so much. Now, today I really want to make this about you and your story because I know that it's taking a lot of courage for you, Jodie, to um, restate this and declare this publicly in some ways. I know that this is a little bit of a a, a struggle for you Um, and that's what this series is about is kind of people daring greatly to step into the arena to show their vulnerabilities and at the end of our vulnerabilities we find strength and we go on to inspire others and I know that your message is um, you know uh, not told often and I know how hard it is for you to to share that story today so I do really appreciate you sharing that and I know that it is going to touch hearts and I I know that People are going to draw courage from this and um, you're one of the people that have dared greatly and I know that your story, where does it all begin, Jodie? Let us get to know you. Where does your story begin? Well, I'm part of a dysfunctional family. Um, we, I'm, I'm the oldest of... Mum and Dad had six of us and I'm the oldest girl. Plus my dad, he had other kids as well. But anyway, both my parents were alcoholics. Well, my mum still is. Um, my mum used to always try and commit suicide as a child. So regularly we would be shifted off to other families or into Wansley um, government homes and things like that. And we had more dads than hot dinners. Um, you know, going to school was my, my way of getting away from home. But then everyone at school knew and I got bullied at school because of my mum. And it... And then... I always felt a bit guilty that, um, sorry, I always felt a bit guilty because of my sisters. I had like, I've got four, three sisters under me and I'd have to leave and I couldn't protect them. And as I was growing up, I was always told I'd be just like my mother, just good for breeding. And of course, I didn't want to have kids purely because of that. And I ended up in and out of homes and things like that. And went to 18 schools, always the new girl. Plus I'm deaf. I only have hearing in one ear. I got hit by a car when I was three. I had to learn to walk again. I sign. But predominantly I'm, I'm basically deaf. My left ear does not work at all. It's a dead ear. And, you know, and mum, it was just so hard. And I know my mum tried, but my mum just couldn't seem to function without the alcohol and the depression and I had an older brother named Hans I have an older brother Hans and because he was Hans I got Gretel in school and we didn't get along at all actually and and then when I was 14 13 13 mum decided to take us down to a small country town called Manjima 
I was always a new girl. Um, I wasn't received very well. And, you know, just getting out of the house and going down to the school, there'd be people waiting outside and they just, I used to get beaten up every day. In the end, my girlfriend and I, we um, shaved our heads, hitchhiked out of town, which actually told the truckers were Christians on a mission. <laughs> and I end up, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the highlights. <laughs> and I still laugh at that. And she's actually still one of my best friends. She actually lives five kilometres down the road from me now still, up here in Rolly Stone. And I love her. She's a magic friend. Anyway, back to that. Ran away from home. I ended up at my dad's. The police went through every name in the phone book hotels to find my dad. And we finally got to Woodbridge. They found him there. I went on to live with my dad's. Um, it wasn't really a good place for a 14-year-old girl at all. But I just concentrated on school. I didn't want to be that one like my mum. I wanted to go on and do more and try hard. And anyway, I did 11 years of school. And then I went and did a year at um, Leadable TAFE and did business studies. And, and then a good friend of ours died after my 17th birthday a week after. And I ended up going out with this guy, Tony. The following year, I had my daughter, Shaylee. Now, I didn't want kids, but I fell in love with her the minute I had her. Um, I stayed in that relationship. It was volatile it was was not a top it was a toxic relationship um i went on and had a son uh gosh four years later anthony um and i yeah anthony was eight months old and i left i thought well, i can't do this I, I i can't be with this person and raise these two kids and i'd just rather do it on my own it was just easier because of another one with alcohol issues and and what made it so volatile, Jodie? What was what was volatile about that relationship with with, with the alcohol? Was what what went along? Oh, with he that? was very, he was very insecure, very controlling. Um, he oh, he was. I felt I I sent him in my year year ten class. I was like, oh my god, I love him. You know, stupid teenager. And he never said much. I worked out why he didn't say much because there wasn't much to really say. Um, and I I guess I just wanted the perfect family, you know, the picket fence, the two kids, 2.5, and it wasn't happening. Um, he'd get, it, he slept around, he'd get drunk and he'd hit me. I, my first mother's day, I got a black eye. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have gone on and had Anthony, but in saying that, I've got the most wonderful son who I love and adore. So, you know, it's funny what life can do. And when Anthony was a baby, I thought, no more. I'm not doing this. But I don't know, I seem to pick wounded animals and want to help them and save them and fix them. I can do this. Oh, you can't save everyone and you can't fix everyone. And it's taken me a lot of relationships to realise this. Because I did go into another relationship. It would have been about three years after I'd left Tony. Um, and that, again, was toxic and volatile. And I just kept seeing to picking these people. Um, and then in the ON, and I ended up, this was down south, and I ended up moving to Perth with the children. I was turning 30 and I hadn't been married and I'd met this 
guy who I thought was a gentleman. He'd opened my doors and he was lovely and everything. And he asked me to marry him. And I said, yes. I was turning 30. I thought, oh, God, he's going to want to marry me after I'm 30. And at the actual wedding, we got married. Um, it would have been about two, three hours after we were married at the reception. I was outside talking to some people, um, socialising, and he just come up and grab me by my hair and beat me to a pulp. I was purple from here to here. Uh, in my wedding gown and everything in front of everyone, he dived into the marina with me and he kept trying to drown me, kept punching me in my face. I managed to undo the dress and swim out of the dress. And all I can remember looking up and seeing my son looking at me in the water and I was, I felt, I didn't know what I felt. I felt stupid. I felt completely stupid, you know. So um, the, I got out of the water. Um, I, it, a lot of it's a bit of a blur still in some ways, but I got out of the water. The police come. They removed him. Um, we were married for a total of six hours. I never, ever resumed that relationship with that man again. I had to stay married to him. Had he been violent before your wedding day? Only once, but I thought it was my fault. I thought it was my fault. Um, I, you know, I, I still, as an adult, I'm forever saying sorry for so many things and I'm half the time, I don't know what, why, and it's not me that should be sorry, but I'm still, I'm still growing and learning and, and accepting and finding things within myself. Um, you know, back to the wedding thing, um, I, I, I didn't go back. I didn't have anything to do with him after that. I had to stay married to him for a year to get the divorce. But from there, I went to a woman's refuge. And in the woman's refuge, I, um, I'd sold my car and I'd gotten a different car and things. And I had enough money to get myself into a house. While I was getting my bits and pieces out of the refuge, one of the women there said she'd give me a hand. And she did. She helped herself. She took my purse and took all my money. Um, the refuge said it was my fault because I'd left it open for her to take. There was no police involved. I, I felt totally let down by everything. Anyway, um, me being me, I thought, well, I'm not going to let it beat me. So, you know, I found a way and means of getting more money, and I did, and I got an apartment. Um, I was still damaged goods. Um, I started working for a finance company, St James on Sterling Highway, and I, um, I shouldn't really name them, but anyway, it it ended up with the excuse me. <coughs> it ended up with the owner of the business messaging me at night time with revolting messages. Um, in the end, I couldn't work there. I'd had enough. I was pretty well broken, trashed and smashed. And I had a friend in a wheel. This, this is where it comes to. I had a friend in a wheelchair. Uh, been friends with him for a long time and I'd looked after him and whatnot. And, you know, anyway, he ended up in hospital with osteomyelitis, which is bone cancer. But it was of his ischium, which is your bottom bone. I'd help him do dressings and things. It was really quite revolting. But anyway, I had no faith left in myself and anything you know and I was living in an apartment in in Subiaco near the hospital and um, we got broken into 
and they just trashed the house and in the and I was sleeping in the car because the real estate took so long to fix the door there and in the end I said to the kids well you're better off to go and live at your dad's because I can't put a roof over your head at the moment so I felt even more useless and I was like oh anyway my friend in the wheelchair was in the hospital I'd visit him sometimes twice a day and he said to me he said well why don't you marry me and I thought well why not? He can't physically hurt me because that was the biggest thing I was scared of, you know. So, um, yeah, I made a big mistake and married him. And that he was in hospital for three years. I went and did my real estate certificate while he was there. And the day I got my certificate, he decided to come out of hospital. Well, everything went pear-shaped, of course, as it was going to. I just didn't foresee that part of the future. I wish I had it, but... A lot of things are hindsight. Um, so I, I married him and he he didn't need to hit me. He hit me with words and feelings and made me feel totally stupid. I ended up leaving him six months later. So, yeah, two marriages, one for six hours, one for six months. And I, I yeah, I went on and I, man I owned a couple of businesses. So I was... Just, nah, not doing anything to do with relationships. I don't want to know about it. I'd sleep in my office and I got myself a little dog. And then um, my mum got really sick, so I ended up moving in with her and I moved down to Bunbury and I did postal work on a posty bike. <laughs> that was different. And then this Bella was in my life and we were dating off and on. He was up in Perth and on the mines and whatnot. And I thought, maybe it's time to let my guard down. Maybe it's time to let myself be loved, actually loved, instead of me doing all the loving all the time and, and getting trashed. And, and hence it brings me here today with my beautiful big fella. And your husband's gorgeous. It's a happy time. Yeah, this is a happy part and I'll cry. <laughs> um, yeah. So you've been a recovering people pleaser, Jodie. You've been a recovering oh, people pleaser. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my mantra in my mind is always that song and the beat goes on. <laughs> and my beat is going on. You know, my, my fella's wonderful. He supports me. He believes in me. Um. I believe in him, I support him, I love and adore him, and as does he, him with me, he's fantastic. And he, he's helped me to realise that I'm a person that deserves to be loved. You know, I'm, yeah, stop throwing it away. I've had counselling, um, in, intensive counselling for over a long period of time, and I'm still growing and learning and developing every day. But having Bruce and having my children, Shaylee's just down the road with the four grandchildren who I, oh, gosh, I adore them. And Anthony's actually living at home with us, with the grandson, Tart. I wouldn't change anything for quids. You know what? And everything that happened to me back then is what's helped me, shape me to becoming what I am today. And then I thought, you know what, the, it, it sounds a bit funny, but you know they say about you um, mechanics having bad cars? Well, I'm a marriage celebrant and I've had bad marriages. 
it doesn't mean that I can't have a good one and I can't help people have a good one. And that's all I want. So I've gone on and studied and become a marriage celebrant. And with the help of yourself, you were my driving force, my inspiration. You know, you're my go-to lady and you still are with so many things. And I'm blessed to have friends like you um, around me, supporting me and believing in me. And that's what is that's what keeps me going. And I know where I've been. I know that yesterday doesn't define you but it can help shape you to be a better person because we should all want better for ourselves, not just for the people we love. We've got to start believing in ourselves because if we don't, what are we going to give to the future and how do we go into the future? You know, it's, it is, you know, it, I, I think that you have to sometimes go through a storm to understand why the storm was there and to get through the other side. Well, our stories, are, our stories are given to us for a reason, Jodie. I'm such a firm believer in that. No matter how traumatic or victimised or our, our stories, we should be wearing with superhero capes because it's it, yeah. like you said, you said it so perfectly. It defines us. That is who we are. We, we had to learn those lessons to be able to be the person we are today. Like you said, you're, you're a wonderful marriage celebrant here in Perth now and you've had two, you know, failed marriages, but it doesn't mean yeah. you don't know what, the, what, the, what marriage means. It doesn't mean that you don't know what relationships are because you're in a beautiful relationship now with your wonderful husband. Exactly. And you've got yeah. two beautiful children and your grandchildren and your story has defined you you've you've done the yeah. inner work and when we're always a a story not not complete we're always going to learn and um as as part of being a, a recovering people pleaser you you've you finally opened yourself up to being loved and you thrived yeah yeah and i'm still going every day is a new day and every day is a new time new you can learn every day so you know it's I'm still learning bits and pieces about myself now. You know, at 52, well, no, I'll put myself a bit forward there, 52 in July. You know, I, I'm i so glad my life's been what it's been. Yeah, maybe I would have liked a different childhood, but guess what? I didn't get that. But I've got, I've got a whole lifetime of adulthood and, and experiences I can help other people with, you know, and... By doing that, I'm pleasing myself. And that is a big thing for me to do because I never loved me. I thought, how can anyone love me? I never loved me. So why would anyone else? And when I realised, hey, you can be loved and still loved too. And that's, that's the main thing. And, I, and I'm, I want to put that on my children, on my grandchildren, and I hope from my experiences I can help steer them in the right directions of course you can't drive them because they've got to drive themselves this is their life their bus but you know i can do a bit of conducting on the sides <laughs> and that's what's important oh yeah, i love yeah. that so you're sending a, a legacy message you know uh yeah. by by hope and support and believing in people and loving on people and just loving them yeah. for where they're at with what they're doing, not having those no expectations, judgment. no judgment. 
And that's exactly. such an important message because so many people, and that's what I love about you, Jodie, because so many people judge other people and they're scared yeah. of letting their guard down to, to be loved or give love for whatever yeah. reason. And you're just an absolute advocate for loving people for where they're at and and yeah. not judging and um, opening yourself up to, to be loved and to help others. And I know that you're changing many lives and I know that you're adding to many lives, especially with your celebrancy and your businesses yeah. and things like that. So that is def a definite bonus of uh, love and hope and, and leadership that you're showing yeah. to all of these couples and to you and your family and your grandchildren as well. And where are you now? What are you doing now? Um, as in like in my in life? life, in your journey. Well, I have, I have weddings on the horizon, one next month, one in August, one in September, four in October, two in November and building up for next year as well. And I'm just loving it. Every day is a new day. And, you know, even amongst everything that's going on at the moment within the world with this crisis, I think it's been a wonderful time to sit back and reflect and to gain more knowledge and information, understand yourself better because we get, we got time to get off that merry-go-round of life for a bit. How blessed are we, really? You know, how, how often do we get that? Because it's always revolving. It's, I mean, even though, of course, it's still revolving now, it's just it's slowed down enough for us to all catch up and get our breath. And, to move forward and all I know is I just look forward to meeting so many more couples and I don't I don't care where they're from what they do what they believe in I believe in them and that's all that matters and and you I believe in love them. you believe in love oh I love love I love love <laughs> <laughs> I really do yeah Okay. And it's such okay. a perfect profession and I know you put your heart and your soul and your inspiration and your desire for them to fall in love with love like you do and I know that you're changing many lives. I appreciate you so much. Your story is powerful. You've dug deep. You've overcome those adversities to become this beautiful, empowered woman that you are today, Jodie. What message would you like to leave our audience on today? Well, my, my biggest message would be is to be gentle with yourself. Have a look and, and understand how far you've come. Don't look behind you because you're not going that way. You're going that way. So always look forward and know that tomorrow's a new day. Every day is a new day. And just love yourself. There's nothing wrong with loving yourself because if you don't love yourself first, how is anyone else going to love you? And that's, that to me is the biggest thing I've learned. I never, I never loved myself. I never believed in myself. But guess what? Yes, I love myself. And yes, I believe in myself. Why? Because where would I be if I didn't today? And I'd, I'd like everyone, all, all the women, to understand that and, and to be appreciative of themselves, you know, and understand that you're a fantastic human being and you deserve it. You well deserve it. You deserve to be loved and you deserve to be appreciated. And, yes, we're going to have bad days, but guess what? That's only one day in your life, not your whole life. That's, that's possibly my biggest word. Yeah. 
yeah, just be gentle on your soul and, and, and love your soul for who it is. I love yeah, that. Thank you, Jodie. Thank you so oh, thank much. You. I so appreciate you. You're going from strength to strength. I really appreciate your time today, Jodie, and your message is so, so powerful, more powerful than I think you give credit for it for because you're an amazing, beautiful, empowering woman and I know how much value you're adding to people's lives and I so appreciate you. So thank you so much for being brave. I know it took so much for you to be brave to tell that story today. I know how hard that was to come out publicly with some of that. So you're so appreciated. And you can find our podcast on YouTube and the Facebook group, Victim to Victory podcast series. If you got value from today, please subscribe, like and comment. And thank you very much, Jodie DeGraff, for joining us today. And I would like to leave you with a message of step into your power and let your voice roar. Thank you, Jodie. Oh, my pleasure. I love chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you.